Good morning once again. And I'm so thankful that I got to share the moment with you today of getting to have my first kid get baptized and just such a neat thing. And, uh, you know, we are diving in, like I was saying earlier, into this message of the sick healed. And funny thing is, um, my youngest today it turns out with a fever. I'm like, really, Lord? Come on. I'm, I'm preaching on this, and then I've got a youngest with a fever. What's going on here? But, uh, you know, as we get started, I want to talk about some uh, remedies that maybe have been passed down over time, because I recently saw a post, and uh, it, it hit home with me. Maybe it'll hit home with you as well. It says, uh, the cure to all of my illnesses as a kid was this, at least this is what a mom or a grandma would give back in the day. Chicken noodle soup, saltine crackers, lots of Vicks vapor rub, and some Sprite. Can anybody relate with that at all? I feel like that was my childhood. Like, yeah, just rub some Vicks on it. You know, breathe it in. It'll fix everything. And when I was talking to my dad about this, just thinking about, man, what are some things that people have kind of come up with concoctions on their own uh, when it comes to remedies. My dad was like, well, your great-grandma. Now, my great-grandma, you, you got to realize, like, she, she was from the sticks of Tennessee, all right? Most of her life, she did not have electricity. And so uh, I, I remember going and seeing my great-grandma and thinking, man, she is, you know, just awesome and, and old, right? Like she was like almost a hundred years old before she died. And my dad says, you know, your grandma, her medicine that she would get is that she would have this bottle of moonshine underneath the, the, the kitchen and she would use it for medicinal purposes. She'd get some moonshine and some honey and, and that would help her. I was like, are you kidding me? And Maybe that worked for her. I, I suggest not trying that, all right? Um, and based off her age, she would have done that through the prohibition, all right? But, um, <laughs> and so then I started thinking, man, what are some other uh, things that people have done in order to uh, kind of solve some illnesses? Uh, one of them that's out, and I feel like it's kind of made a comeback a little bit, maybe you've done this, is if you have, I, I read this, I, I don't suggest you try any of these. I, I feel like I need to make a disclaimer so we don't get sued or something along those lines, right? But uh, if you have a cold or flu, they say that you can cut onions, put them in your socks, pull those babies up, and go to bed, and the onion will somehow seep that out of your body, you know, that, that was one that, that came out. That just sounds nasty to me, right? And, and, but if you did that, you would honestly have a reason for your wife telling you that your feet stink, all right? And so a, another one that, that I read was this, that if you had diarrhea, that um, you could get some gizzards, right, from a chicken or turkey, uh, boil that and make gizzard tea. And I'm just thinking, like, that surely makes you more sick, Right? <laughs> Like, maybe you just vomit so you have nothing left. Like, I, I don't know how that works. Or, or this one, like, there was one where um, if you had chronic nosebleeds, then you eat spinach, but they took it to another level. They say you also hang spinach off your ears. And I'm, I'm thinking, surely that was an older brother messing with his little brother? Like, I can imagine that. I can imagine me being little and my older brother being like, you know, Ben, what's really going to solve that is if you hang that wet, slimy spinach off your ears. I'm like, okay. You know, like, that's probably what happened. And then it, it all of a sudden got started, you know, and, and people started doing this. 
You know, it's so interesting, all the remedies. I, I tell people this, like, hey, if you're sick, here's what you need to do. Just drink more coffee. That's why I tell them, just, just drink more coffee. It'll, it'll solve problems. Uh, but I, I don't know if you've paused lately to recognize how amazing our medical um, community is, how amazing our medical science is. Right? It's really easy, especially uh, when things are so public and there's this back and forth about what works and doesn't work when it comes to coronavirus and all that. It's really easy to just have this negative view of our medical community. But can we just pause for a minute and realize that we have it better than anybody in the history of the world? In America in general, uh, we're so fortunate to be able to have uh, the medical science and community and knowledge that we have, right? For, for so long, there were just a lot of remedies or a lot of, hey, do this and it'll solve the problem, and it actually became even worse. For a long time, there weren't just the, these hospitals and physicians and doctors that we could go to and have things taken care of as well as we can have them done now. I mean, can you imagine even back in the 1500s, if, if you had something serious come up, hey, can you imagine raising kids even a few hundred years ago and thinking, man, if I have multiple kids, there's a really good chance that one of them is not going to survive to adulthood because they're going to catch something and it's going to cause them to pass away. Man, we are so fortunate. And you even begin to think about all the ailments and, and, and uh, negative things, or sicknesses that happen in the Bible. And just think about the position that they were in in that moment, thinking, man, what, what do we do about this? How do we solve it? And maybe there's somebody that they can go to, but not with the same expertise. I mean, think about this for just a moment. 1850. 1850 is when germ theory finally began to come out. This idea that there's microorganisms, there's bacteria, there's, there's stuff that we can't see that's actually making us sick. And it would be between 1850 and 1920 that that would even begin to gain steam. So by 1920, we're talking in the last hundred years or so, people are really actually believing that there's something else to it. Because here's what they would believe before when it came to sicknesses or, or, or things that are happening. They would think this. It's evil spirits. Evil spirits are doing it. Or you've sinned in some type of way, so, so that makes you get sick. Or, or this is another interesting one. They would think that people would get sick from bad odors, right? Some of you wives would, would have a lot of trouble with your husbands, right? But like there's just, they, people are latching on to things. And here's what we do know is, is true. There, there is the, some truth to some of the things that they were laying out, but there was also all this other science there was all this other medicine behind it that they didn't even realize was going on. God knew it was going on. It's so interesting how we can look in the Old Testament and we can see God putting things in place for his people that, that would begin to protect them and even put them ahead of the game when it came to some of these uh, bacteria and different things that are going on. You, you can read in Leviticus 13 as uh, they're laying out rules for if somebody has a rash and what to do with that rash and, and how to know whether it's... Um, contagious or not, and when to have them kind of separate themselves out. And there's other times in Leviticus where we see them talking about eating certain foods or, or washing certain things. Man, God isn't surprised by sickness and death, but it really started, right, not with just germs and, and all this other stuff, but it really started with sin. 
Sin that came into this world and, and things uh, were not perfect anymore and, and death began to enter into this world. And, and what I think is so interesting is that when we look at Jesus's life, one of the huge things that he came to do is heal the sick. Heal the sick. And Jesus wanted to heal the sick, not just because he wanted to meet people's physical needs, right? He, he had a kingdom mindset. He, has, he had this idea that, man, there's something bigger that's going to happen. And, and so throughout Jesus' ministry, we see him healing many, many people. And we're going to get to look at some of those together. But his healings are not just a, man, wow, Jesus is amazing. I hope that we all experience that. But it's also, man, Jesus really is different. He really is the Savior of the world. And, and so uh, today, to kind of get us into this conversation a little bit more, I want to look at a, a story, an interaction with Jesus and some of John the Baptist's uh, followers. Now, we talked about John the Baptist last week, if you got to uh, be here, and, and we talked about how John the Baptist got to baptize Jesus. And, and if you were a part of this conversation last week, you might remember that when John the Baptist, who was a relative of Jesus, who, who God had put on this earth to prepare the way for Jesus, John the Baptist understood who Jesus was. Everything that we can see would point to the fact that John was pretty clear on the fact that Jesus was different, on the path that he was preparing a way for him, right? When, when Jesus comes down into the water to get baptized, we saw last week that John said, whoa, 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 you should be baptizing me. I shouldn't be baptizing you. Like, John understands that Jesus is different. And, and later on, John would even tell his, his followers saying, hey, he must become greater and I must become less, so we, we kind of have this baseline understanding. John saw Jesus different, right? John, John understood who Jesus was, but uh, as we enter into this text that we're going to look at today in, in Luke chapter 7, it, we, we see that John's in prison. And John's in prison because King Herod has put him in there because John uh, spoke out against some of the lifestyle choices of Herod. And so John's in prison, and, and as he's in there in prison, I think he begins to think to himself, is Jesus really who he says that he is? I mean, here I am, like I've believed it for so long, I've been preparing the way, but I'm stuck in prison. And if Jesus really has the power, if he really has this ability, why doesn't he get me out? Now, the Bible doesn't say that distinctly. But in my head, I begin to think, how did we get John from, hey, he baptizes him, hey, he points to his disciples saying, hey, he must become greater, I must become less. And, and then all of a sudden, He's kind of questioning, is Jesus really who he says he is? So let's look at this together in Luke chapter 7, starting in verse 20. Uh, John, he's still in prison, but he sends some men to talk to Jesus. And here's what they say. When the men came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to ask you, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? Right, can you imagine Jesus hearing these words? Are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? I'm sure Jesus is thinking like, really, like John? Like John's question? I mean, Jesus will say some really high words about who John is. And, and so with this, though, I love what happens next. 
When, when Jesus wants to kind of say, hey, John, I, I, I want to tell you who I am, before he tells him, he shows him who he is. And I hope that as you hear this being read, but then also as you hear what we're going to be talking about today, that, that you will be um, convinced of the same answer that John was trying to give or Jesus was trying to give John, I hope that we will be convinced of it as well. Listen to what happens next. It's so good. At that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses, and evil spirits, and gave sight to many who were blind. All right, so he gets questioned, are you really the one? And he's like, all right, hold on, hold on. It heals all these people, Right? does all this amazing stuff. John's disciples or followers are, are watching all this. Jesus comes back over and, and he says, so he replied to the messengers, go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Man, if that's not a statement, right, from Jesus, he's saying, this is who I am, right? He goes and he heals all these people, and John's followers get to go back and tell him about that, and I wonder, you know, as John's sitting in prison and he hears that, he's still in his hardship. He's still in his problem. He's still dealing with what's going on in his life, but he's able to hang on to this and say, man, Jesus has got me. Jesus is Lord. And I want to encourage us today, as we talk about the sick being healed, maybe you're struggling with something. Maybe it is a sickness, but maybe it's just a difficulty in your life. And maybe you've had even moments of saying, God, are you actually real? God, are you really who I thought you were? Are you really who I've read about or I've heard preached about since I was a kid? Are you really, God? And I hope that as you hear this, even if you're going through something really difficult, that you'll be encouraged to be like, yeah, Jesus is actually, absolutely the Lord of all. All-powerful, amazing. You see, uh, the Old Testament, it has lots of prophecies for us about who the Savior would be. And in the Old Testament, one of the prophecies was that the Savior would be somebody who would come and do what Jesus was doing. In fact, in Isaiah chapter 35, verses 4 through 6, it says this, Be strong. Do not fear. Your God will come, and he will come with a vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Hundreds of years before Jesus, this is written. And this is just one of the many prophecies that Jesus fulfills. Him coming and healing people and being this ultimate healer. You know, uh, it's so interesting to me that uh, throughout the Bible, we have lots of different authors, and, and we have this unique privilege that uh, we actually have a doctor that wrote two of the books of the Bible, a physician, uh, Luke. Luke wrote the book of Acts. Luke was a Gentile who became a follower of Jesus, and then he traveled with the Apostle Paul during his uh, travels. 
And, and so Luke writes out Acts, which is uh, always looked at and, and seen uh, for just how amazingly um, accurate it is. And, you know, historians have looked at Acts as a roadmap in order to go uncover archaeological finds. That's how detailed Luke was. But we get to have this unique perspective even from a doctor. And Luke uh, took an account of everybody's stories and he wrote the Gospel of Luke. And in the Gospel of Luke, what I wanted to do with you today is, is go through and share with you all the different healings that Jesus did in Luke. Right? Normally we wouldn't just like, you know, go through things so quick like this. But I really believe that there's power in us standing here and, and, and hearing the words that there was, there was going to be one that came that would, would come healing these di- in these different ways. And then hear the words of, of John and Jesus say, hey, check this out. And I hope for us we will have a similar mindset today where we hear all these things that Jesus did and be like, he's amazing. And if you're dealing with any kind of problem, you'll be like, man, I, I know I can trust in him. Because as we enter into this, I want you to know that Jesus isn't just somebody that's made up, right? He's somebody that we know actually walked on this earth. Christians and non-Christians have to deal with the fact that Jesus truly did live, that Jesus really did do the things that we see recorded in here. I heard once that we have more evidence that Jesus walked on this earth than we do that George Washington was here. Right? Nobody questions George Washington, but for some reason, we question all the time, or people might, whether Jesus was here or not. And, and so let's go through, and I may have missed some, who knows, but I want to walk through with you this book of Luke, and, and let's be encouraged by all the things that Jesus did when it comes to healing. So you probably, you know, if you're trying to flip with me, it probably won't work very well, all right? But I'm, I'm going to just go through this and listen to this. This is so cool. So the first healing that we see with Luke is uh, Luke chapter 4. Jesus shows up to uh, Peter's mother-in-law's house. She has a fever. Jesus goes and heals her of her fever. Now, uh, you don't get very far after that in Luke chapter 4 when all of a sudden a bunch of people show up to this house and it says this, that Jesus healed their sicknesses and the demons that were in there. That says uh, Luke 4.44 or 40. And then Luke 5.12, Jesus heals a man with leprosy, right? Normally people would be like, no, we got to stay away from these people. But Jesus engages with this person and heals this man with leprosy. Luke 5, 17, um, Jesus is teaching in a house, and it's so crowded that nobody can get in. And then, so these four friends, though, they've got a paralyzed friend on a mat, and they take him up to the top of the roof, and they dig open the roof, and they drop him down through the roof, and, and Jesus sees their faith in this man, and he heals the man who had been paralyzed. Luke 6, 6, Jesus heals a man with a shriveled hand. Even though it was the Sabbath, even though uh, religion would say, hey, don't work on the Sabbath, Jesus is like, no, I'm going to help this person right here. Heals this man with a shriveled hand. Uh, Chapter 7, verse 1 through 10, uh, Jesus heals the centurion's servant. And, and, and marks about how great this man's faith was that, Jesus, that he tells Jesus, you don't have to come to my house. I know how this works. You have power and authority. You can just claim it and, and, and call it. And that man's uh, servant was healed. Uh, seven verse, or chapter 7, verse 11, uh, Jesus heals the widow's son who is dead. 
Uh, seven verse, uh, chapter 7, verse 21, Jesus heals many who had diseases, sicknesses, evil spirits, and gave sight to the blind. Who knows how many were in that verse that, that Jesus had healed during that time. Chapter 8, Jesus heals the demon-possessed man. Remember, he casts out all these demons into the pigs. They go over. We, 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 no more, all right? And, and so, but the man... He gets so excited about Jesus. He just starts telling everybody about Jesus. It's, it's so cool. And, and then verse, or chapter 8, verse 44, uh, Jesus is actually heading somewhere. There's crowds everywhere around him. And, and this woman who's had this uh, problem with bleeding for 12 years just thinks, if I can just get close enough to Jesus, then maybe I can be healed. And she reaches out and she grabs his garment. And he's like, whoa, 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 somebody touch me. And his disciples are like, what are you talking about? Somebody touched you. Yeah, like a bunch of people touched you. We're moving through here as it, like, like this is just a crazy crowd. And Jesus is like, no, power has left me. And this woman who had spent all these years and all this money trying to get healed from other physicians, all of a sudden, without even realizing Jesus heals her. How amazing is this? And Jesus is actually on his way to do this. He was actually going to help a little girl who he, when he gets her, finds out they say, hey, she's passed away. He goes, no, 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 she's just sleeping. He goes in there and raises her to life. And then uh, chapter 9, verse 42, Luke records that Jesus heals a demon-possessed boy. Uh, chapter 13, uh, verse 10, Jesus uh, heals a crippled woman. Uh, chapter 14, he heals a man with dropsy or extra fluid. In um, chapter 17, he heals 10 men with leprosy. In chapter 18, he heals a blind beggar. And in chapter 22... As a mob is coming to him to take him and beat him and take him to the cross, one of Jesus' disciples chops off one of the guy's ears, right? And Jesus is like, what are you doing? And he heals the guy's ear, right? And then we know the ultimate healing is when Jesus is taken to the cross. And he dies, and he's laid in a tomb. And three days later, he resurrects from the dead. Man, can our God heal. And we see it time and time again. And, and this scripture that we see in Isaiah talking about who Jesus is, is so true as we look through the text. And there's other gospels that would point out, like Matthew, Mark, or John, they might even share a few other examples of Jesus healing. But I also, I'm paused at the end of the gospel of John, when John says this, and we don't have it for the screens, but he, he writes this, he says, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. Right? And Jesus, as a part of his ministry while he was here on earth, he healed the sick. So the question is, does God still heal today? Does God still heal today? Now, here's what you need to realize is that, that uh, we're not a church where you're going to um, find us, you know, doing some of the things that you've maybe seen or heard about in movies or with other churches. But what we are, are we are a church that says, hey, if, if it's in the Bible, we're going to believe it and preach about it. If it's not in the Bible, then, then we're not going to believe it 
and, and, and preach about it. And so when it comes to healing and that question of does Jesus still heal, does God still heal, what the Bible would point to is that, yes, in some cases, God does still heal. And so we see that specifically in James chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. Uh, James writes this, Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church and pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So there's two sicknesses that I see in this passage. One would be a physical sickness. The other one would be the sickness of sin. And so with one, he says, hey, pray, have your elders pray for you, and the prayer of a righteous man will, will make you well. The other one is sin, the sickness of sin. And so we do see here that, that Jesus, that God is still in the business of healing us. But what do we do when we've prayed? What do we do when we've had elders pray for us and still it doesn't change? Right? I, I've got some friends uh, that I know from Florida that are dealing with this right now. Uh, her dad and mom both got covid and uh, as they got COVID, one of the things that they were worried about was, one, them just dying from COVID. But then, miraculously, her dad recovered, and miraculously, her mom recovered. And, but it was during this COVID time in the hospital that they realized that her dad actually had cancer. And so now, he, gets, he beats COVID, but all of a sudden, they realize, man, cancer is just ravaging his body. And, and so they're praying. They're, they're saying, man, we're, we want to be faithful. We want to pray the Lord and be like, God, heal him. God, heal him. And, and I know people who would say, I've prayed that prayer and God has healed my mom. Specifically, I know a situation where somebody says, hey, God did heal my mom in this instance. And so they actually had somebody come and, and, and pray for her dad. And, and they said, all right, God, we're going to just claim this. But I want you to know that in this situation, God chose not to heal. Like hospice is called in and, and her dad's in the last days. And, and so they're still walking in faith and they're still believing in this, but they're going through a rough time right now with this. And so what do we do, right? When we say, all right, scripture points us to the fact that we can have healing, but sometimes the answer is not yet. And sometimes the answer is no. And we know this is true because we get to see the example from another character in the Bible, right? From, from the Apostle Paul, this guy, this great man of faith who did so many neat things for the faith. Um, historians would point to the fact that when Paul talks about this um, kind of um, problem that he was dealing with on a consistent basis, this thorn in the flesh, that this would be an illness that Paul was struggling with. And, and Paul talks about this illness that he had in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, look what he says here. He says, Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan. That's one way to talk about sickness, right? A messenger from Satan, all right? And so a messenger from Satan to torment me. Now listen to what Paul did. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, 
for my power is made perfect in weakness. And, I, and I'll pause there, right? Paul, he says, hey, I, I have this problem. I prayed about it three times. But the answer was, hey, you're going to keep that, Paul. You're going to have to keep struggling with that. You're going to have to keep having that problem, living with it, right? Like, what do we do when we feel like, man, God, I, I, I've got to live with this illness that's with me, or I've got to live with the pain of an illness that somebody else has or that has taken somebody else from us. And, and, and Paul says this, that, that Jesus reminds him, that God reminds him, my grace is sufficient for you. He says, my grace is here for you, Paul. I'm standing with you. I'm going to hold you up. I'm going to take care of you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, now hear this, I I hope that anybody's struggling with anything today, whether sickness or just some kind of pain in your life, that, that you'll latch onto this statement. He says, therefore, or that is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, and insults, and hardships, and persecutions, and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul's like, when I'm weak in my own flesh, Christ makes me strong. It's not just me trying to hold myself up, fix myself, but instead I'm leaning on Jesus. And if you're in that place where you're saying, you know what? I've got this problem in my life. I've got this sickness in my life. And you're saying, God, why haven't you taken this? God's saying, hey, lean on me. Lean on me in this moment. And his grace is sufficient for you. But I want us to realize this too. Even though in the scriptures we get to read all these amazing healings that Jesus did, the ultimate thing that Jesus came to do is heal us from our sin. I need us to hear this and be encouraged by it. Because even those people that Jesus healed, guess what? They all died. They all died. And and, and it might have helped them for a short time, but the thing that really helped them was Jesus ushering in his new kingdom. Jesus helping them realize that he truly is the savior of the world because Jesus really came to save us not just from sickness and pain, but to save us from ultimate death, to save us from sin. And so Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 9, verses 12 and 13, says, on hearing this, Jesus said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus came to not call those, like, hey, no, I'm good, I'm good, but call sinners. And he was calling sinners because he knew that sin separated us from God. And he wanted to come and heal that. First Peter chapter 2, verse 24 says this. He bore our sins. This is talking about Jesus. In his body on the cross, that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Let me say that last part again. By his wounds, you have been healed. I've been healed. All right? This is what makes Jesus amazing. By what he did for dying on the cross, he took our punishment on our sin so that we could be saved. When we realize who Jesus really is by looking at his life and understanding that he wasn't some ordinary person, but he was truly God, and we believe in him and say, God, forgive me of my sins, 
then, man, something different happens in us. But also, when we make Jesus our Lord and Savior, that's what gives you and I the power to be able to say, all right, God, whatever you're going to throw at me, I might be weak, but you are going to be strong in me. So once again, if you're struggling with something, if you're dealing with something, know that God says, yeah, pray to me. The answer might be yes, healing might come. But know the answer might be, you know what, it, it, it's not going to be on this side of heaven. But what is on the side of heaven is peace, is eternity, is time with Jesus, is more amazing than we could ever imagine. And that only comes through us believing in Jesus. So today, if you say, you know what, hey, I need to figure out how to really take that step of accepting Jesus, I would love to talk to you about that. But also, if you're in here today and you're saying, Ben, like, I'm struggling. We've had this problem going in our house, or I've been struggling with this illness or, or this thing, and you, and you just want people to pray for you. If you, you just want people to join you and saying, God, could you strengthen them? God, could, could you help them as they walk through this trial? Man, we're, we're here to do that as well. And so during this last song, can we just praise our God in heaven who has all power and all authority? But also, if you want to see what it looks like to step into this relationship with Jesus, would love to be able to pray with you in that.